Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, episode 55. And this is a special episode. Well, as my listeners know, all episodes are special. But tonight, particularly special because in one corner, we have Dan Yarrington from Game Salute, the up and coming, well, not even up and coming anymore, the number one location and destination for any project that has been successful on Kickstarter when it comes to board games. In the other corner, we have the Game Whisperer who says the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. And you are here ringside to hear as we have the smackdown, as we talk about our different approaches to what we see changing in the world. Dan, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be back, Richard. I'm having a lot of fun. Too many Cokes. It's too late at night. It's way late where you're at. So, Yep. It's, uh, it's about 1130. It's not too late. Right. I, I just got off the phone with somebody who regularly stays up till six in the morning. So I'm glad I'm not that person. I am glad I am not that person too. Uh, so here we go. We are here to talk about, in some ways, uh, what I talked about in my episode 50, my little rant. But you've had your own little rants, haven't you? Because you've got your own little position out there, right? Right. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, people are going to kind of hear that. I mean, you and I have had extensive discussions in person and over the last many months about uh, about where the industry is going. And I think the big answer is we don't really know. Right. And nobody really knows what that is. We have our pontifications. And then a lot of our approaches are actually very similar. And in some ways, we're we're doing a, a bit broader of an approach than what you're uh, what you're advocating for there. So <laughs> that's kind of where I'm coming from is. I guess uh, I got this question today, and this is what kind of codified it in my head as I was answering on BGG that somebody said, well, what does Game Salute do? They read an interview on Purple Pawn that they did with me, and they said, well, this is what Springboard means, right? This is what the Springboard Seal of Quality means. This is what Game Salute does. And they're like, yeah, I'd, I don't really understand exactly what it is. And I said, well, the challenge with that is that Game Salute does so many things, and that was by design. You know, our our statement is that we create tool, We provide tools and services to make the games industry a better place, right? We are not looking at just how to optimize as a publisher or just how to make stores better or just how to sell better online. We're looking at all aspects of the industry. So that's a very difficult thing to focus, which is why I came up with this idea of like, well, who we are depends on who's asking. That's right. right? So from your perspective, are you a store? Well, Maybe you just sell some of the games that we publish or the ones that we fulfill. Maybe you participate in our preview nights. Maybe you feature on GameStoreLocator.com, right? But if you're a gamer, maybe you just read GameSalute News or you purchase games that are put out through GameSalute. So really from a from a uh, from those perspectives as a, a gamer or a store, it's very kind of cut and dried. And then when you get to a publisher, there's two big breakdowns. And what came out and what I put in my last rant on the D6 generation was that – People think every gamer thinks that they're a designer. Every designer thinks that they're a publisher and every publisher thinks that they're great and God's gift to the world, of course. So that's really where the breakdown becomes is that people don't understand. Like when people are posting up and they're saying, Hey, I'm a publisher. You know, they have that on their, on their name and they say, Hey, when, when should I solicit out to stores? Uh, how do I order my products from a factory? It's like, well, guess what? You might be a publisher in training, or a you know fledgling right. publisher, but you're not actually a publisher if you don't know the answers to those questions yet. So that's really what in in our system as it's developed out, we have kind of an ecosystem that supports publication of these games. And it could be just the other day we brought on um, um, 
uh, I can't even remember the name of it. There's, we, it seems like we sign a new one every day. Uh, Colossal Cave. Yep. You familiar with that one, the yep. board game? So we just brought that on as a design studio yeah, because they, they have. They're asking like for 8000 Aren't they asking for like $8,000? Yep. I think they're about 95% right now. Correct. Yeah. And they, and they're, uh, one that we picked up and because they, you know, Arthur just wanted to do his game. He was like, Hey, it's inspired by adventure. It's kind of cool. I like it. I have no interest in doing all the stuff that goes along with being a business, including the sales and the production and the conventions and the, you know, fulfillment and and all that stuff. I have no interest in that. I don't even want to be a publishing studio, right? I don't want to do any of that. I just a designer or design studios, we refer to people. And, and, then, and he says, here, here's my game, here. Right. And yeah. so what, what our system allows those designers or design studios to do is that, uh, unlike the old model where it was basically you handed off your game to a publisher, it was either you did everything yourself, which people don't want to do, or they're not going to be very good at, most people, or you kind of gave away your game, right? You sold your game for a pittance effectively for around, you know, three to 5% return or something like that to a publisher. And then they did everything from there. And our system's a little more involved. We require that you as a design studio, you're involved in that design and development process. So we might be doing our, you know, three-stage playtesting process and consolidating feedback from surveys and stuff and getting that back to you. But in the end, you're designing and developing the game. So we're tell- just guiding you and assisting. And that's, and the, and the this reason we're here is because on my show, my mm-hmm. rants are I'm talking to the people who are listening right now. I'm talking to you guys in your cars, in your offices, on your iPhones and iPads and wherever you're listening to me because you think that you want to design a game. You know, I don't come on my show generally and promote games. A few uh, people have supported the podcast and, and I've given them shout outs, but generally I'm not on here talking about a game and its merits and that type of thing. I'm talking to game designers, game publishers, and all those wannabes that you just talked about, Mm -hmm. Dan. Yeah, and there's lots of great inspiration within the industry, but it's a matter of how do you want to spend your time, right? right. How do you want to focus your efforts? So, So my rant on episode 50, as everybody refers to it, was that I felt that the system was broken and that there needed to be radical change. And I think that you kind of, you kind of took exception to that a little bit or did you? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I take as much exception as you think. Well, I don't think I, you take as much exception as you think. I think, I think you're <laughs> on here because you and I have talked about this so much and I think we agree and we have a slight difference of opinion. So we're, sure. we're here to so, find that difference of opinion. Sure. So let's clarify that. So you're a design studio. You want to have your game designed or you're a designer, right? Now there's another type of person and that person wants to be a publishing studio or they think they're going to be a publisher, right? And they want to get their game out and they want to do all that stuff. They want to go to conventions and all that sort of stuff, right? And and to be fair, so that everybody already knows, that is what was the announcement with what I have done. I have formed a publishing studio that that's what we specialize in, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So uh, you guys are actually doing all the production. You're doing all the marketing. You're going to conventions. You're doing, you're coordinating for fulfillment, however you do that, right? For a given title. Um, You're doing all the graphics. You're doing everything. Uh, There's a million other things that I I can't even list there, right? Right. As you guys are finding out. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people get into that. Now, you guys have, you know, Eric has done one title already as it's been in production a little bit. So he's got a little bit of experience with that. Um, But you guys have, uh, there's a lot of people getting into doing just what you're doing every day. Right. And they get into that with open eyes and they say, I want to do this. I know it's going to be a lot of work, but I want to do this. Right. And so the question is, the difference of opinion is, 
what's the best way once you've gotten all that done? Let's assume that you're successful, right? Because that's that's a lot of what these uh, Kickstarter allows you to do is determine whether or not you're going to be successful. Now, from our end, when we're working with a, a publishing studio or a design studio, we're doing a bunch of stuff ahead of time, just like you are as a, as a publisher, as you should be, anybody that's launching a campaign. You should be doing a ton of promotion, marketing, uh, research, playtesting, all these things. Like There's so many people that think they can just toss something up on Kickstarter and it'll succeed. And what we're going to find is that there will be things that will sneak by that are low quality that that'll happen for, and those people will not get supported again in the future because that you're going to be building Kickstarter success and publishing success. If you're considering yourself a publishing studio or a publisher, you're going to be building that success on your previous successes. Right. It's reputation. So, it's reputation that you're building and correct. game, game salute has done that. You have built a reputation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, alien frontiers started you off. You've worked well with dice hate me and their carnival and Viva Java and you've, and, and a whole slew of other games. The only reason I can name those is because those were some of the first ones and those only ones I remember right now. Sure. Well, most recently we did Zpocalypse was one of the ones that we just finished up. Right. Um, and Jeff, that's done very well. Yeah. Jeff Gracia was really happy with that when we talked at PAX East. So that did very well. I think that how, how much? 200? Uh, 210, I think is what we ended up at, which was the highest funded game until, you know, uh, six days from now when Zombicide beats it. And then Ogre will beat that after that. So yeah, that's right. it's just ratcheting up and up and up. And that's why I don't, I don't really worry about the predictions of like, where is this going to go? What's the ceiling? You know, it's clear that it's growing. It's clear that there's success there. What we're always focused on is the quality of output, right? It doesn't matter how much money you can raise. It matters how much value you can deliver to your customers. That's what should the focus should be. Right. So if, if you're saying, because like with Zpocalypse, we're spending more money than we raised after all fees. Like we're investing more in that because we kept upgrading the game. So that's what the platform is good for. And that's what they're doing with Ogre now. You know, they're saying, hey, we're going to, the more higher we go, the more we're going to, you know, support the game. So getting that back to that point of difference, right, is what do you do with the game once you've got it? Now, some companies already have established distribution networks. People like Steve Jackson, they know what they're going to do. They're effectively just using this as a pre-order system, right, where they say, well, we're going to ship it to you guys. They even have retailer levels on there where you can, you know, ship it direct to the retailers. And obviously that uh, obviates a lot of the need for the internal, uh, the existing infrastructure, uh, the existing distributors and that sort of thing. But you do have those, those companies that are just coming in and they're plugging it into that existing system. Right. Which and, is and a system course, that I claimed is archaic and, and broken. Correct. And yep. that's where... Uh, there are kind of different ways to address that. And that's actually what GameSalute was developed out of. I mean, if you look at our Who We Are page at GameSalute.com, you can see all the background of the people that are in the industry. We're all gamers. We love games. That's first and foremost. And then we all have a lot of experience in the industry. So for all the times that we go and opine about, oh, why this is bad and you know all these different things in the industry, we have decades of experience living that, right? And going, yep. but why, why don't you just do this? So GameSalute, we actually built from the ground up saying, how would we do it right? That's right. And that's what attracted, that's how you and I first met. When you first got yep. that going, I saw that and said, ah, there was, there was something here that really fixed the broken pieces of this. Now, right. now I've gone farther on the extreme where I've said, look, don't even, don't even bother with the game stores. Don't even go down that path. It's just simply a distraction and it sucks and drains revenue out of your company and out of your production and it doesn't gain you anything. That's one of the, 
I didn't state that in my 50th, but I'm stating it now. That's kind of where my attitude's going with that. And I guess you're saying, well, there's some truth to that, but you're going to kind of hedge your bets, right? Well, no, it's not a hedging our bet. It's it's a it's an uh, it's like improv. It's like yes and right. It's like oh well, I want to be able to control my brand and I want to be able to have a kind of plug and play solution for fulfillment as a publisher, and I want to be able to you know have all those direct online sales going through you. That's effectively what you're doing, right? If you if you go direct through fulfillment by Amazon, that's what you're doing. So then we say, well, yes, and you also want your game to be locally supported. You want it to be featured in local stores. You want it to be featured at conventions. You want to do all these different things. And what our system actually allows for publishers, and this is kind of the point of difference, is that so your difference is you either ship everything to Amazon's warehouse, right, if you do fulfillment by Amazon, and they take care of all that stuff. So it doesn't cost you any resources. The same exact system, that's what our select stores exclusive system does. You ship that to our warehouse, the GameSalute warehouse, and this is – Obviously, only if we accept your title. We don't accept every title. So I want to put that out there right now. Amazon will take whatever title you have. Uh, we provide a lot more support and a lot more kind of uh, vetting for our titles, I guess. Uh, that's how well, I put it because yeah. we want to make sure that our brand is associated with that. Amazon has a bit of a vetting. If your product doesn't sell, they won't carry it. Right. So and so it's a performance-based It's bet. a performance-based thing. That's right. And so we're saying ahead of time, we're saying, well, not only are we're going to increase your chances of succeeding because of our expertise and experience, we're going to advise you, et cetera. But we're also saying if we accept something, then we're giving it a little imprimatur. And one of those sorts of things that you're going to see is there's two big types. It's that we just do fulfillment and sales and stuff, which is a kind of basic level of vetting that we need to make sure it's decent quality and that it's going to be well supported. And then we have our what, what you'll start to see coming out, which is our Powered by Game Salute line. And that's the stuff that we're actually doing everything in-house. So effectively, we are serving as the publisher. Right. But back to that fulfillment part of it. So let's say that you ship everything to Amazon. It's only sold on Amazon. It's not sold through local stores. Now you're losing a percentage to processing everything. Those costs are going to be eaten up somewhere. Somebody's got to pay for the warehousing, the picking, the packing, the shipping, the order processing, the tracking, the customer service, all that stuff. And so it's either going to be fulfilled through Amazon if you're just doing it direct, or our system offers the same thing. Our select stores exclusive sell through Amazon. They sell through shop.gameslow.com. We have embeddable widgets that sell through the individual consu- the publisher's website. So let's say albinodragon.com, right? And then on top of that, all those sales are online are only done but through the publishing system effectively. And then on top of that, we also offer local stores the opportunity to support and pick those up. Right. You, so that's right. Rightly- pointed out in your uh in episode 50 you said well it doesn't really matter if i sell one or two copies of the game a day right because i've already paid for all that you're not cash flow negative from the production so then the benefit of that if you're not cash flow negative why wouldn't you want that additional exposure and that additional uh incentive and your answer is i think is well it sucks your resources out of the company and the solution from gameslow's perspective is we handle all of that. It right. doesn't suck any resources out of the company. You can just deliver it to our warehouse, just like you would to Amazon. But we're offering it much more broad support, and you because and you we're are offering and, to local stores, and that and it sounds good, and it sounds very logical. But I, and here's where you and I have continued to disagree: is that it sounds logical, but it doesn't take into effect the real nature of the disbursement of the attention and effort and focus, and so. When you think, well, money's money, why wouldn't I want my game in a game store making money? One is that you used a word earlier that I will agree with. It's a pittance. You are making a fraction 
the amount of effort and and resources you have to get up to get that game give up to get that game in that game store to sit on that shelf crowded with all of those other ones is is an incredible amount of effort and focus now the reason i like game salute and i have always liked game salute is that you are bridging that gap that so many of these com- uh, products are coming in but one of the th- my arguments and it might sound weak is is that you cannot continue to sustain that in an effective way because then it still breaks down you still have these games that are just shoved in there all stacked up on top of each other in a game store that can't handle those games okay well we stick a few there in the game store and we stick the rest of them up on amazon or the website okay but that dis- that 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 splitting of resources causes you to not use efficiencies the board game industry is already the margins are so thin my argument is to be successful you have to eliminate all of that redundancy and and apply efficiencies in this process my argument is is that yours sounds good and it continues to work and i support game salute and continue to but it introduces so many inefficiencies that i i'm going to still stand by my my belief that if you're starting out go with that 100% focus so that you don't get distracted and suck down these holes. That so here's my question to you then. To you. Yeah. Sure. So here's my question to you is how does that disperse your focus if you're fulfilling it through one online source versus fulfilling it through one system? You, you do not have any additional focus as the publisher. That's right. That you're, you're required. You're, that's right. Your system sounds really good and allows a person to stick it in there. And that's why I like Game Salute. And that's why mm-hmm. you and I continue to have these conversations. For me, I'm coming and saying, look, uh, you. Well, let's see. I don't know. I mean, so the 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 challenge I see, I get what you're like. If you were if you're a publisher that was doing all that yourself, right? I mean, this I just had a talk with Max uh, at PAX. Right. Uh, Max and, by, and by the way, we're down to less than two minutes left. Sure. So I had a talk with Max at the Cards Against Humanity, right? And they were saying, well, we had all the success, but we want to get it out into stores now. Why? They're trying to figure out how That's to do why that. I asked why? Why does because, Max want to get it? Because into the there store? is a growth in local markets. There is a you you can have. Oh, sure, I bought it online. I brought it locally. That works for some games. That works for things where you can grok it easily, where you look at it and you go, oh, the concept of that is obvious, right? So I will pick it up. But you need to have this local support. It's always going to be that local community support, whether it's online or local. It's not one or the other. You need that physical support as well. And it costs you nothing more. But but my argument with Max and over at Cards Against Humanity, we can argue that one back and forth, whether it's an anomaly or not. They've reached the stratosphere. They're entering into Hasbro-like numbers without ever being in a game store. Yeah, and that can happen, right? I mean, that happened with things like uh, Apples to Apples. Yeah, you know, they, that's right. They that's did that's that, another good example. And they built that up directly, and they built that up from the ground up. So this is just another path to that. But I don't see the reason to turn those sales away when – if you qualify for our system, it actually allows you to do that with no lost focus. With it, it only gains you additional exposure at no additional resources from a focus perspective or a you know a kind of a fixed cost perspective. That, There's nothing there. Okay, that's the uh, that's the ending bell. Valid point. You got the last word, but it's my show, so I'll get to say goodbye to everybody. There you go. Um, again, 
I believe in Game Salute, and uh, we always appreciate Dan and I getting together because uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk to see who can suck all the air out of the room first, him, <laughs> him or I. And we usually just lay there gasping like fish out of, a, out of the water. Thank you for listening to – this is the 55th episode of Funding the Dream. You've been listening to myself, Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer, and my guest and uh, dear friend Dan Yarrington from Game Salute. Hopefully you've heard something that has inspired you at least been interesting and entertaining and that you can go off and fund your own dream. We'll look for it on Kickstarter and we hope that you have success. Thank you for listening. Take care.